Welcome to the Sweat the Small Stuff Podcast. Welcome. We're here in Portland. This is Ethan with TJ. Well, TJ, well. Your, your beard is looking angry today, uh, furious. That is quite oh. quite the goatee you got rolling. This, how, how long is that taking you to grow so far? I have I... not shaved since July. Good lord. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yeah. Excellent. It's... Um, I'm starting to get comments like from colleagues now. I'm doing like the Zoom meetings, and they're just like, "You're getting hairy." I'm just like, "I'm I'm just a vessel for the hair. I do as it commands." As long as you don't have to meet with clients, like, you know. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. I'm not going into an office. I'm not meeting up with anybody. I'm in the comfort of my own home, wearing sweatpants uh, most of the time, and uh, and hey, I'm just I'm just trying to live my best life. My yeah. best COVID life. For sure. Uh, well, I love it. I appreciate it. And uh, we're here to talk about the week in sports. It's uh, been a, a pretty uh, eventful week. Um, in the NFL, we've had uh, quite the, the shuffle at quarterback in New Orleans. Uh, just Quite the shuffle week. and quite the controversy. Yeah. Uh, it's not looking like Drew Brees will be playing at quarterback for the Saints over the next three weeks. Yeah, uh, it seems that officially been placed on IR. Yeah, injured uh, reserve. Suffered several broken ribs and a punctured lung. I know, man. Second wow. quarterback with a punctured lung. This one uh, was not medical malpractice, though. Uh, this wasn't at the hands of the Alleged medical team. malpractice. <laughs> uh, this one seems to just have been the result of some, some gruesome football hits. And uh, we had Jameis Winston go into last week's game for the Saints, and uh, he, he did all right. You know, it was a lot of check down throws. They didn't have him throwing those uh, deep bombs that we used to know Jameis Winston for when he was the Buccaneers quarterback. He, he did enough to not lose them the game. But it doesn't seem like he did enough to not lose the job. So Taysom Hill everyone's favorite gadget quarterback. The, uh, the Swiss right army knife of uh, football players, you know, yeah, just plug he, him in anywhere and he's good to go. He's getting plugged in at quarterback. Uh, it's been announced that Taysom Hill is going to be starting this coming week for the new Orleans saints. He uh, is extremely inexperienced at the professional level when it comes to quarterback. I mean, we, you know, ESPN allows you to place him at tight end in fantasy football. He kind of plays here, there, and everywhere, but he, he only has a handful of throws uh, at, at quarterback. So this is going to be our, our real first in-depth look at him as a starting quarterback prospect. It's not and like he's exactly He's like a jack of some trades, and they're putting him uh, as captain of this ship, which is exciting for me as somebody who's not a Saints fan, but just really interested in seeing some weird stuff happen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Kid's a, a super athlete. I guess Kid might be the wrong word. He is, uh, I think, in his 30s now. Um, this which this infant of... child, uh, Taysom Hill, will be under center. And, uh, yeah, it is kind of weird. Jameis Winston, uh, last year, this is a not like a, an accurate way to report stats, but he did lead the league in passing yards um, last year. He also led the league in interceptions. We know what Winston looks like as a quarterback, at least for the Buccaneers. I think people were excited to see what he would be doing in a different system, you know, under Sean Payton. Um, 
and I've heard some, you know, people uh, saying that, like, oh, how could you possibly go for Taysom Hill uh, when you have this proven starter that is sitting right there on your bench? Um, they are paying Taysom Hill a lot of money. I think he's got a $21 million contract over the next couple of years. He's getting paid $12 million this year. Obviously, they want to see if that money is uh, been put to good use, I guess, with uh, him. And this is a way to get him on the field and earn some of that money a little bit more than maybe he has been lately, uh, Hill. And Jameis Winston, on the other hand, is getting paid, I think, about the vet minimum. He's only getting paid $1.1 million this year. So not really, you know, losing a lot of money if they keep Jameis on the bench. Something to consider also is that uh, the Saints and the Falcons, both uh, in the NFC South, Saints currently leading that division at 7-2, and two, the Falcons, uh, who will be their opponent tomorrow, uh, third out of four at a three and six. So it seems like even maybe some average play out of the Saints offense with their defense should still be enough to push them over the edge here and get this win. Um, I'm wondering like what kind of offensive changes they must be implementing to to try to complement whatever style of play Taysom Hill is capable of because there's there's very little tape on his professional quarterbacking skills. It's going to be wild. I am. <laughs> How do you excited. prep for that as a defense? You don't even know what this guy's capable of. That's it's insane. Yeah. Uh, but we'll find out. We will absolutely find out. Uh, Drew Brees is on injured reserve for the next. So that is plenty of time for both of these quarterbacks to show up and potentially screw up. So, and, and uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a doctor, but I feel like three weeks is still just not enough time to recover from the fact that your lung was punctured. That seems crazy to me. These are professional athletes, man. It only takes them two days to get over COVID-19, right? Uh, yep. That was a, that was a light. That was a joke at the expense of the NFL there and their yeah, policy. If, if they test positively, but then they can test negatively twice in a row, they, they're just fine. If you just wait two days, don't worry about it. Just push it back. Yeah. Yeah, as contentious as uh, we feel towards the NFL's policies on Here uh, players and COVID-19 diagnoses, Kelly Stafford is also feeling pretty contentious, but uh, instead of the NFL, she's uh, directing her anger at the state of Michigan and uh, feels that she's living in a prison when it comes to uh, her and her husband, Matthew Stafford, quarterback of the Detroit Lions' life uh, as citizens of the, the great state of Michigan. TJ, uh, you brought this story to light, to me at least. Uh, you, you made me aware of it. I think you're a little bit more familiar. And you also have a significant other that's a, a native of the state of Michigan. What What's going on here? Can you enlighten us a little bit? So Kelly Stafford went on Instagram Live or, or Instagram one of her Instagram stories and went on like a 90-second rant saying that she's tired of uh, she's over living in the dictatorship we call Michigan. Um, her stance was that small businesses will be unable to survive. She semi-contradicts herself by saying, if you're at risk, stay inside. Like, don't go outside until there's a vaccine. But it's not up to her to decide whether or not people should be staying indoors. It's up to the government which is exactly what they're telling people. Stay inside. Um, obviously, a lot of people 
decided that her take was a horrible take, and I'd have to agree with them. She issued an apology video while in a grocery store uh, wearing mask, like wearing her mask, saying that, um, I'm sorry, I was in the heat of the moment. I apologize for calling it a dictatorship. Uh, me as a viewer, however, I was able to watch these videos back to back and there's a significant difference in her tone and delivery. Uh, obviously when she's referring to the state of Michigan as a dictatorship, you can tell she's very passionate and, uh, you know, seems to at least believe what she's saying as she's saying it. Whereas the apology did seem a bit manufactured. She probably got a few calls for some people and said, this, this is not okay. You got to say something. You got to retract it. And maybe I'm reaching, but the tone just made it seem incredibly manufactured. It seems crazy to me that she has these feelings, too, just given her history. I mean, I'd, I'm not an expert on Kelly Stafford, but my understanding is that she is a, a cancer survivor of a, a pretty uh, nasty version of affected her, her brain. She had brain cancer. And uh, the fact that she, you know, I assume, had to go through all that chemotherapy, I would believe that makes her pretty high risk for contracting COVID-19. So you'd think, if anything, she'd be all for freezes and shutdowns, anything to minimize the spread of this disease. Yeah, the apparently she said that she had a, a friend who is a small business owner, and she was just worried about that small business going under. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I think that's going to be a bit of a reality for but all this. Everything stuff. I know about dictatorships is that dictators <laughs> hate small business. That's true. That's uh, what M Mussolini said that, right? I, yeah, he said, give me big corporations or give me death. Um, well, let's, let's move on from that and uh, let's give the people uh, an Antonio Brown corner. So, mm. did we talk about this on last week's podcast? story of him in the surveillance pod, the surveillance cart or guard apparently on October 15th Antonio Brown otherwise known as Mr. Big Chest uh, was accused of destroying a surveillance camera and throwing a bicycle at a security guard he is I guess been charged with misdemeanor for criminal mischief and uh, it's just the latest in a long line of ridiculous things that Antonio Brown is dealing with in his personal life off the field. Uh, we know that there's a litany of different charges that have been brought against him for things ranging from sexual harassment and rape to, uh, I think, battery and assault. And uh, here's just more of it. Yeah, we, we could take up an entire podcast just reading a list of all of the terrible things Antonio Brown has done, and it would be just as long as most of our episodes. Um, Bruce Arians is kind of coming under fire currently because of the way that he's addressed this issue. Um, he said that he has been made aware of the Octo October 15th incident and that he wanted to reaffirm to everyone that since joining the Tampa Bay organization, Antonio Brown has been a model citizen, uh, but he's not really answering directly when he became aware of that incident and whether or not that had any effect on him deciding to allow Antonio Brown to become a Tampa Bay, a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Uh, however, he did say that if and when Antonio Brown is no longer a model citizen, we will move on from him as a player. Uh, so I don't know how much more evidence he's looking for, but I guess he's saying 
everything that happened before this doesn't count. Don't worry about it. We're just going to turn the other cheek. Um, and also worth mentioning that the court date for Antonio Brown's, uh, I believe it is one of his sexual harassment or sexual assault matters, is coming to trial or a court date in December, which will have likely have an impact on his ability to finish out the season. Yeah, you would assume so. Quite the convenient line in the sand for uh, coach of the Buccaneers, Bruce Arians, to draw, saying that he's been a model citizen since uh, A.B. Antonio Brown joined up with the Bucks because that was three weeks ago. So right. over the last three weeks, you know, this guy's been great. You know, yeah, this, I wonder this, what the, I mean, hey, is there years. anything you want to tell us? Antonio Brown sitting there in a room thinking like, do they need to know about the fact that I threw a bicycle at a security guard? And we'll, we'll never think, know what happened in that room. Did he tell him? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I just hope that, uh, you know, A.B. touches on it in his next rap album. You know, that's that's my dream. I'm waiting for uh, the memoir. The memoir. Yes. Uh, all right. That's our that's our NFL discussion for the day. And uh, in boxing, we talked about boxing quite a bit last week. Uh, we had just some shuffling dates that were kind of thrown up in the air with Canelo Alvarez, his big fight versus Callum Smith. Canelo just making the statement known that he wanted to fight in 2020. And uh, Ryan Garcia's fight against Luke Campbell being postponed as well due to Luke Campbell getting a COVID-19 diagnosis. And there were some rumors that, hey, maybe they'll try to lump these fights together for one supercard. Does not seem like that's going to be the situation. We've got some clarity on when these fights are actually going to be happening. And they seem like they will be on different dates and probably just both headlining fights for a couple different cards. Canelo Alvarez is going to be fighting in 2020 as long as uh, things stay the course with him and Callum Smith. But they are going to be fighting on December 19th in San Antonio in the Alamo Dome with attendance. Uh, apparently back on Halloween with Tank Davis's fight, uh, the uh, governor of Texas allowed them to have an audience of up to 9,000. And it seems that that is going to be the same uh, same thing this time around so that they get some fans in the stands. Uh, Canelo and Callum Smith will be fighting on December 19th in the Alamo Dome, probably with a cluster of 9,000 or so people that may or may not have COVID-19. It's probably not a surprise to hear anyone listening to hear me say that I think this is really irresponsible to allow fans for like this you. event. Uh, many states are observing lockdown protocols, a second wave of them, because uh, it seems like every day the United States is breaking a new record for uh, new cases as well as deaths as a result of this plague. Um, however, it is also worth noting that Texas is very obviously not a dictatorship, so I don't know whether to applaud or condemn them uh, in that regard. Uh, it seems that Ryan Garcia, Luke Campbell, that fight will be moving to January 2nd. So I think uh, both these fights are probably going to be streamed on DAZN and uh, just try to help that company stay afloat. If you want to call them a small business struggling in these trying times, uh, which I say tongue-in-cheek because DAZN spend more money on these fighters than I could ever have imagined that they'd get in, in profits from their platform. But hey, I am sure I'll give them a little bit of money. $20, $40 or so when these fights come along. Um, let's see. 
otherwise, the NBA draft, that's big news. That, uh, that happened just the other day. Um, Anthony Edwards went number one to Georgia, uh, well, Georgia shooting guard. He went number one to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And he kind of had a crazy story come out the day of the draft that he really doesn't care that much about basketball, doesn't really motivate him. He just kind of was always a big football fan growing up. And then when he was in middle school, he found out he could dunk. And he realized, wow, my talent really lies in this other sport. Even though I don't like it all that much, I could be way better and more successful at it. So he just directed his motives towards basketball and just chasing that bag. Yeah, he uh, said that uh, he likes football more because you can get away with doing whatever you want on the field. And if you did those types of things on the basketball court, you can be fined. Um, really doesn't make all that much sense. He, he sounds like a... he's basically like, oh, I'd much rather be like a goon or something, <laughs> which is weird. But he went What's on. That? He didn't stop there. And uh, he took he took a shot at an NBA player. And I, I took this personally. Uh, he <laughs> said that he is also uh, a rapper. He's, he's, he raps like baby. And so uh, the interviewer asked, oh, so you, you rap like Damian Lillard. And uh, Edwards said, but I can really rap. Dame talking about, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm anxiously waiting not only the diss track, but uh, I'm waiting for Damian Lillard to drop 50 points on the Timberwolves, Timberwolves uh, the next yeah. time they play. All right. Well, can't wait for that. And yeah, that is a as a rap beef ready. Um, Lamelo Ball, the Ball brother, he was drafted number three. Excuse me. He was drafted number three overall by the Charlotte Hornets. So good and on you for not taking that wager. Thank God I did not. Uh, Charlotte Hornets are famously owned by Michael Jordan and Lamelo Ball is famously fathered by LeVar Ball. He is famously fathered by that man. <laughs> he is LeVar Ball, the extreme uh, personality and media magnet that often finds himself on just TMZ or CNN blasting this coach, that coach, or the president of the United States. He now has an extremely famous rich person to direct that angst towards in Michael Jordan who he has previously said he would have beaten one-on-one -on -one when he was a, uh, a young professional athlete himself. Uh, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this to turn sour at some point or for LaMelo just to completely disown his father. I, I can't imagine this goes harmoniously. Michael Jordan is going to take something personally. And uh, I'm just so excited. I've never been more excited for, for Charlotte basketball. And and not for <laughs> the right reasons. <laughs> no, like not at all. of all Just things to drunk. get excited about. Like there's going to be a dumpster fire yes. very soon in Charlotte. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh we got some bad news though in Golden State. Uh the Golden State Warriors, they were without Clay Thompson all last year due to a leg injury suffered in the two thousand eighteen playoffs. And yeah, it seems that our 2019 playoffs, it seems that uh, now here towards the end of his recovery process, he injured 
another leg, the other leg. Uh, he suffered a torn ACL, I believe, and he's expected to be out for now this entire season. Just absolutely devastating to the Warriors. They were hoping to reignite that dynasty now that him and Steph were going to be healthy with uh, the number two pick in the draft this year, which they used to select James Wiseman, and he, who is himself a... Uh, a big dude he's like 7'2 or something like that I think and uh, there was some speculation okay Clay's injured are they going to go for another shooting guard or something like that didn't didn't do that at least at the top um, they did though take uh, Nico Mannion at 48 I don't know if you remember him the uh, red-haired fellow that we saw play in uh, what was it the Nike Hoop Summit a year or two ago I think so yeah, we watched him. He was like the white kid, redhead. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Under Italy's flag. Yeah. Uh, so the Warriors drafted him at 48. We'll see if he gets any playing time uh, with no clay to to rain those threes down. But uh, really unfortunate and, and a huge blow uh, to a team that was just completely destroyed last year with injuries. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just Draymond Green basically trying to carry them last year. And uh, I know they were definitely looking for <laughs> a lot of that, a lot of that help to come back, that loaded roster from a few years ago to to reignite itself. But it does not seem to be the situation. They're going to have to wait another year for Clay. And uh, I just, I just need the Lakers to not win again. So if it can't yeah. be Golden State, hopefully it can be somebody else. Yeah, two big leg injuries. I mean, back-to-back like that, two years off the court, I wonder what Clay's going to look like coming back if we will see him at that similar level to where he was before. You know, he's a couple years older, and uh, he's going through a pretty pretty major mental battle just to come back from this. But uh, that's, our, that's our Warriors news, I guess. Tr- Portland Trailblazers, just to round out our NBA draft recap with some of these highlights, uh, we're obviously a Portland podcast here and uh, the trailblazers traded away their first round draft pick to Houston. And uh, as part of the deal, they landed defensive superstar, Robert Covington, who is uh, an absolute baller. This seems like a a really good deal. And uh, it, it just seems to be the case that Houston is blowing up their roster. They are, they are under new ownership. It seems like the players that were there don't really love the new ownership and uh, everyone wants out. James Harden is trying to force his way to Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, James Harden actually uh, turned down, I believe it was $50 million a year to yeah. and asked for That's a it. trade, which is crazy to me uh, that anybody would rather do something else other than accept $50 million a year. So things are headed south there very quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, his great, great, great grandkids are going to be pissed at him for doing that when uh, that's where all the money runs out. <laughs> They're like, hey, man, you just took that last deal. Could have just had the extra six yachts. Could have gone to the school of my choice. Um, but, yeah, uh, good for Portland. Hopefully this means we still keep Carmelo. I don't know. Also good for Portland, we traded Mario Hezonja for Enos Cantor. So Enos Cantor is coming back home. And Turkish delight. We re-signed Rodney Hood for two years uh, for $10 million a year. Where the hood at? 
The hood is. Also known as Rodney Good. Because he's good <laughs> at basketball. And that is our basketball news. In, uh, in the end of our sports news today, just a little soccer talk. Uh, in England, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, two uh, Hollywood, bigwig, Hollywood bigwigs, have uh, just purchased or gotten an agreement in place to get 100% ownership of Welsh soccer club Wrexham AFC. They are doing it under the company name of R.R. McReynolds Company. So I think that's like Rob, Ryan, Ryan, Rob, McElhenney, Reynolds, <laughs> just mashed together. And uh, they seem really stoked. I've never heard of this team before. Seems to be in like the fifth tier of English soccer. They're so, on the up and up. On the up and up. And uh, I guess it's been around for like 150 years. So this ain't no... No new starter team, you know. This is a finisher team. And used to uh, another 150 years. Exactly. So Ryan Reynolds seems to be like the spokesperson for them on this. Uh, I guess I read a little blurb from his press conference. He just seems super jacked and uh, excited to, to be an owner of this club. So good on them. Um, hopefully they are able to pump a lot of excitement into the club. It seemed like the fan base... Uh, took a vote, and they had like a 98% approval rating for the new ownership. But, I mean, come on, it's Deadpool and Mac from Always Sunny. Like, who's who's the two people that said no? Yeah, I mean, maybe this is what uh, the whatever... Cut that. Never mind. I, I had thought right. I had a thought, but I didn't have a thought. And uh, that is our sports news of the week. So thanks, everybody, uh, for joining in. We want to send you out with some recommendations, though, before we go. And uh, I was uh, jamming to a new album this week that I wanted to pump out. And it is from this guy, St. John, who I had previously known for his like mega song, Roses, which had a remix from Future and I think one other artist on here. Um, but it is While the World Was Burning by St. John. Um, but check out the check out the album. It's got some sick features from DaBaby. Another DaBaby reference in this podcast. And others. Um, so give it a listen. And I think uh, people will enjoy it. Definitely like got some weekend kind of vibes, you know. Some R&B pop um, with some, you know, rap features in there as well a little bit for everybody tj what do you got for us i recently watched uh the new netflix series auntie donna's big old house of fun which is uh so auntie donna is this australian comedy group that uh had a pretty massive like youtube following and uh it's just like really absurd and chaotic and uh, i don't know just Really funny. I saw uh, I saw it on Netflix. I didn't I didn't like watch it, but I saw the trailer. It looked weird. Um, it's got uh, Ed Helms there. So Ed Helms shows up for a minute. It's got Weird Al Yankovic who shows up for a minute. Uh, it's it's honestly just really absurd. So they'll they'll start on one premise, and then forty five seconds later, you have no idea what the hell you're watching. But they do it well. What's the name of that program again? It's Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun, which is a mouthful. Check it out. It's on Netflix. 
All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to us once again mm-hmm. as we uh, babble about sports. We will get in touch with you guys after the Thanksgiving holiday. And until then, keep sweating. Eat turkey.